really highlights that, you know, we understand this pandemic as a tragedy and a crisis, but it's also a symptom as well of the of wider inequalities um, and of the wider environmental crisis. You know, we um, it feels kind of wrong to talk about future pandemics when we're still in one, but um, pandemics like this will threaten us more and more if we're not tackling climate change and biodiversity loss. So um, understanding how interconnected they all are feels really important. Welcome to the Renew Our World podcast. Renew Our World is a global movement of Christians who believe that since we are truly image bearers of God, we should act like it, living out love for one another in actions and in truth. Since we are image bearers of God, we won't stand by while our neighbours are trapped in poverty and we won't stay idle as creation is left untended and inequality is left to fester. In this podcast, we're going to go on a journey together of discovering a theology of creation care. We'll be discussing the latest in climate news, chatting with industry leaders, theologians and practitioners and hearing from some of our incredible partners who are working on the ground. Join us this season as we learn about creation care and what we can do in our own lives to play part in a much bigger restorative story. So welcome back to the second series of the Renew World podcast. And I'm really excited to be coming back to you with our, our second series. We really enjoyed our first series. We had tons of really sort of interesting and varied conversations with a couple of people. You know, we had a chat about the US politics uh, and the, the US election, which now feels like an age away in, in COVID in COVID timeframes. And uh, we had some chat with some interesting people like Kevin Hargadin, you know, social theologian. Um, and then we had some interesting chats with other people involved with the Renewal World uh, campaign. So I'm just really excited to be bringing the second series uh, back to you. And hopefully you find it as interesting, as engaging as the first series. We've had a little bit of a break over Christmas, so uh, hopefully you're, you're still managing to, to find us on, on Spotify and Apple, Apple iTunes. And uh, yeah, today we're going to kick off and we're going to kick off our, our second series, uh, chatting about COP and uh, trying to figure out what is COP and what's it all about and, and why is it important this year uh, out of all the years? Why is this a sort of significant COP? And I'm really looking forward to uh, just spend a bit of time chatting to uh, Julia Kendall, who, who I work with. Um, and uh, yeah, I won't, I won't say too much about Julia because then, Julia, I'm stopping you talking about yourself. Um, but yeah, Julia, tell us a bit about yourself. Who are you and, and what do you do? Hi, Demi. Great to be here. Um, so yeah, my name is Julia Kendall. Um, I work for Tier Fund with yourself. Um, Tier Fund's an international development agency working um across 50 countries around the world trying to tackle the root causes of poverty. Um, and my role within Tierfund, so I co-lead our climate change policy work, really passionate about climate change, been working on it for about 10 years. Um, so I do research on how climate change affects the communities that we work with, build relationships with key decision makers to try to influence them to make good decisions for the people that we work with. Um, and get involved in stuff like climate change campaigning, um, which is where we get to do great work together on the Renew Our World campaign. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I think uh, I think a lot of people who listen to this podcast are, are all into climate change campaigning. So hopefully today is, is right up your right up your street, right up your alley. I don't know. What's that phrase? Julia, help, help me out. I think either, either of those works, David. Either of those work. Either of those work. Good. We're That's fairly good. democratic. Okay, good, good. E- either or. We'll take it. We'll take it. Yeah, look, really, really glad to have you on, Julia. Um, 
Yeah, actually, where where in the world are you working from at the moment? Are you you're you're working from home like all of us? Where where what part of the world do you call home? Wow, that's quite a big question. Where is home? So where I currently live is um, southwest London. So um, a place called Teddington, which is where the tier fund office is. So um, yeah, it's kind of a kind of a grey day here, but we're looking forward to a bit more sun coming soon. Um, my accent's a bit confusing. So I'm half English, half Northern Irish citizen of the world you know that kind of thing yeah 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 i'm looking forward to for, for anybody who knows me they may know that i'm i'm soon moving to northern ireland so i'm looking mm-hmm. forward to to settling down there and enjoying that lovely north coast of ireland um but anyway i talk too much about ireland on this podcast i need to not always do that you know we need to we need to talk about other things in the world as well Although I think we should note that you are, in fact, moving to my hometown in Northern Ireland. So. <laughs> yeah, moving, to, moving to Hollywood, County down, yeah. Um, any any Foy fans, fans out there might know that Foy sings a lot about County Down, doesn't he? North County Down. Well, that's more Bangor. That's down the road, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Rory McIlroy, any golf fans? Yeah, he, Rory, Rory from, grew up in the Hollywood, from Hollywood course. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Hollywood, Hollywood, Northern Ireland, not Hollywood, LA. <laughs> the, be- the better Hollywood, we like yeah, to think. Absolutely the better Hollywood. That's why I'm moving there. I don't want any of these fancy like Hollywood signs above the hills. Forget about that. <laughs> Super. Yeah, well, it's good to know. Good to know what part of the world you're in. And um, yeah. So, so Julia, so tell us a bit about COP. So what is, first of all, what is COP? You know, so some people maybe would be listening to this and some people would have heard of it before and some people won't have. But for the, for the uninitiated, and for, for those who've never heard of it before, yeah, what is it? So COP stands for Conference of the Parties, which on its own doesn't really mean much to anyone, um, but basically means this is the the annual gatherings of the UN of global leaders um, to uh, discuss and negotiate on big issues. And the COP that we're interested in today is um, the COPs on climate change. Um, so the one coming up this year is COP26. So it means it's the 26th year that global leaders have gathered to discuss and negotiate how to tackle climate change. Um, so that's, yeah, that's basically what COP26 means when you hear that. Um, yeah, because it's, it's, I guess, yeah, you hear these numbers, right? And then sometimes they'll talk about, oh, the Paris COP or the Paris Agreement. And that's sort of, yeah, the numbers are helpful, aren't they, to know sort of which year and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And the Paris Agreement, so that was in 2015. So that was COP21. Um, and that's seen as a real landmark COP. So that was when global leaders really came together and were able to negotiate and agree committing to limit warming to below two degrees, preferably 1.5 degrees. And that was a, yeah, a huge moment in terms of climate change campaigning and negotiations to get that, that big agreement. And this is probably the biggest COP to follow since then. So that's why it's an, it's an exciting year for climate change campaigning. Right, right. I'll slightly to digress slightly, but I guess people maybe in the news have heard about the Paris Agreement recently because America or the US, sorry, I shouldn't say America, the US, the United States are rejoining the Paris Agreement. So that's that's quite significant, isn't it? Yeah, that's huge. Obviously, the US is a really big player on in, in terms of international negotiations, but also in terms of um, greenhouse gas emissions. So it was a big blow when they left the Paris Agreement. And so since President Biden took office, they're rejoining. Um, so that feels really exciting and is one reason to be optimistic this year in terms of climate change negotiations. Yeah, nice. It's sort of we all we all need a good dose of optimism, don't we, in the, in the current state of the world? So yeah, it's very it's very it's very it's very cool to see see that happening. Um, 
And so sort of, so with COP26, right, so that was postponed from last year. That was supposed to happen uh, at the end of 2020. So, so what, what, so what, what's happened there and, and what, are, what are the current plans for the next COP? How, how has that sort of chopped and changed? Yeah, so we see, uh, COP was yeah due to take place last year, but postponed because of the pandemic. And so it's been rescheduled. Um, so um, it's due to take place in November, 1st of November to the 12th of November um, in Glasgow, which is a city in Scotland in the north of the UK. Um, and at the moment, um, so there's the kind of discussions themselves in Glasgow, but then there's also negotiations that take place throughout the whole year. Um, and so it's a whole year of kind of climate campaigning from that point of view. Um, obviously, the big question for a lot of people is, will it take place in person? How does, how, you know, what's the impact of the pandemic? Um, and I think, you know, we're all getting used to things changing kind of relatively quickly. So um, plans at the moment are that people will gather. But um, yeah, it's still a bit uncertain how much of it will be online. Um, yeah, how much will be in person and definitely quite a big push for a lot of those negotiations that take place before the meeting itself to take place um, online. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't it? It's hard to know because obviously we're, we're in the UK and the vaccine rollout is, is pretty pretty rapid here. And, you know, there's talk of, you know, people have been back back in the summertime, certainly mixing face to get face. So, but I guess it's really hard to see with such a global event, you know, not, not you know, the, it won't be a global vaccination program that'll be completed in this year. It'll be take much longer. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that, maybe affects the the conference this year yeah certainly and and certainly in terms of the things that we're concerned about about making sure that the voices of countries which um haven't had the same access to the vaccine but are really impacted by climate change that they're not excluded from the conversation um so that feels really important yeah it's such a it's such a double whammy isn't it in terms of you know some of the more 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 vulnerable communities in the in the world are facing you know greater challenges from climate change and yet we're also seeing that sort of vaccine inequality for the same for the same areas in the world that sort of just perpetuates um poverty and inequality a bit yeah yeah definitely and i feel like it really highlights that you know we understand this pandemic as a tragedy and a crisis but it's also a symptom as well of the of wider inequalities um and of the wider environmental crisis you know we um it feels kind of wrong to talk about future pandemics when we're still in one but um pandemics like this will threaten us more and more if we're not tackling climate change and biodiversity loss so um understanding how interconnected they all are feels really important yeah 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 that's really good Hopefully, I do feel people are starting to reconnect with creation, um, and I th- hopefully, this this sort of this crisis moment is is can become a catalyst for for something that's positive as well. Um, but yeah, it's just so in terms of the pandemic, and you've, you've obviously chatted a bit about it there. But so in terms of maybe the agreements that might or might not come out of COP twenty six, you know. Do you think because of the pandemic, are we likely to see less ambition from countries? Uh, maybe they might feel like they need to fight one crisis at a time. Or do you feel that maybe the pandemic, you know, what we're saying there might act as a bit of a catalyst? Or is it still too hard to tell at this stage what, what may or may not happen? I feel like you've seen a bit of a range of things from different countries. Obviously, not everyone's responding the same, but um, there's definitely the risk that it's a, you know, distraction from action. And it also means that we're thinking kind of, days and weeks and months rather than years so that kind of short-termism that kicks in but I also think 
we are also seeing that there's a bit of an opportunity here. So understanding that as we recover from the pandemic, um, that that is an opportunity to reset our economies and our society and the way that we relate to each other um, and to do that in a way that puts us on track for limiting warming to 1.5. So um, it also feels like this this opportunity moment as well. Um, if we can take and create the space within that um, to, to make that reset happen. Um, and it's interesting when you look at um, like the climate emissions drop from 2020. Um, so emissions fell by about 7%, they calculated. Um, and that's kind of the scale of change that we need over the next 10 years to to limit warming to 1.5. So that's kind of encouraging in some ways, you know, this, it's possible, but oh my goodness, at what, like there was a huge cost with that and it was this huge shock to the world, wasn't it? It wasn't something that we were necessarily prepared to maintain in this way. Um, so again, there's kind of that, that opportunity, it shows what's possible, but it also shows a bit of the scale of the challenge as well. Yeah, it really puts it into perspective, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, it's tricky now because now I want to spend loads of time talking about, you know, plans that we're hatching about our a campaign that we're going to launch this year relating to to COP and dare I say clean and fair recovery. I, I, I won't say too much more. Let's let's just let's just whet people's appetite for uh, maybe a campaign that they can get involved with Renew Your World later 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 this year um, in, in relation to COP. But anyway, okay, okay. I better not I better not give too much details away, especially since we haven't crossed all the T's and dotted the I's yet. Okay, we'll move swiftly on. <laughs> just a little teaser. Just a little teaser, just a little teaser. Something, <laughs> something big's coming, but we'll uh, we'll talk to you about it a bit more soon. Um, and yeah, I mean, you mentioned there, you know, limiting, limiting warming to, to 1.5 degrees Celsius, you know, sort of from, you know, um, post-industrial, industrial age, am I saying that right? No, you know, sort of post, what's, what's the best way, best way of describing it? Because you often see people say 1.5 degrees C, and sometimes, you know, it's sort of shorthand and you, you might see it written in the news and the media. So what what is that in relation to maybe for people who don't know? It's kind of industrial revolution. So since, yeah, the. Um, yeah, since the industrial there. revolution, <laughs> so since, we, since we started emitting tons and tons of carbon, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And so do you do you still think, do you, do you feel hopeful that it's still possible to, you know, w- with the with the outcomes of these these upcoming talks and, and future talks and the work that's happened with the Paris Agreement? Do you feel that that's still possible or, or yeah, how do you feel about that? Yeah, it definitely feels like there are some hopeful signs. So we've talked already about um, the USA rejoining um, the Paris Agreement. That feels like quite a hopeful sign. In 2020, China committed to becoming um, net zero in terms of their emissions by 2060. And they've been a really big um, a, you know, emitter of greenhouse gas emissions. Um, and so that feels quite hopeful. Um, at the end of last year, there was a big climate summit, which was hosted by the UK, France and the UN. And um, there were climate change commitments from 75 countries. So those things definitely feel like they're hopeful. And when, you know, being involved in the Renew Our World campaign and hearing stories of the campaigns on the ground, that that all gives me gives me hope. Um, I suppose the like the other side of the coin is that um, if that's the right analogy, um, is that, you know, we have seen the warmest five years on record in the last five years. Um, And we have seen some really good climate change commitments, but not all countries have submitted kind of these ambitious climate change commitments that we really need. 
Um, and then there's that big question of like, it's one thing to say we're going to do it, but it's what whether it's actually delivered that matters. Um, and so, yeah, I think there's still definitely optimism. Um, we know that these 10 years are crucial for reducing emissions um, to be able to limit warming to 1.5 or as close as possible. And, and every bit of a degree matters um, and impacts human lives. Um, but I think think there are some encouraging signs that we can definitely take hope from. Um, yeah, as we as we look to the year ahead. Yeah, I think that's a really really important point, isn't it? Because we we look at one point five, and you know people kind of say, oh, like maybe it's too hard. Maybe we just aim for two or two and a half. And I think it's a really important point to to realize that like just like in, just like an, an inch more, you know, that we that we sort of give into it it has catastrophic catastrophic sort of long-term impacts isn't it you know it's not a case of oh well just just half a degree that 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 actually means you know more uh floods you yeah. know makes makes the world less habitable for people it means more droughts in the areas that are already experiencing you know large levels of drought it means huge social you know change in terms of you get you get migration you know we're gonna have large parts of the planet having to migrate from one area to the other because you know the land just isn't isn't sustainable anymore because of the because of the climate has changed so much um so yeah i think it's really that's probably just a point we're, we're reiterating isn't it that one point like doing everything we can to 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 limit it to 1.5 is really is really key yeah and maybe and recognizing within that that you know we are already seeing all of those things that you just talked about in terms of floods and droughts and um and people having to leave their homes as a result of you know we talked what is home earlier um but um you know people having to migrate because of the impacts of climate change so like you say every single thing and every uh limit that we place on warming makes a huge difference to people now as well as future generations yeah totally so just just even just as we sort of wrap up this conversation um i'm thinking about you know COP26. So what would be, what would, what would you like to see come out of the next COP? What would be the sort of, if there was a headline, you know, if you, I guess if you could write a headline about the achievements of COP26, say late November, early December, when the talks have wrapped up, what would, what do you hope the headline is coming out of it? What do you think is, is maybe, you know, a, a really great achievement that could be, could be um, done at, at the next, the next talks? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, what I'd love to see is, um, you know, something around global leaders kind of raising ambition, lowering emissions and listening to the people who are affected by climate change. Um, so um, we mentioned earlier the Paris Agreement was this this landmark summit and that this is the biggest one since then. So it's um, it's the, the summit where we're looking back on the last five years and we're looking at the commitments that have been made and saying, are these enough? And how do we need to strengthen that ambition? Um, and we're obviously delayed already by a year because of the pandemic. And, and we know that um, this decade is critical. So seeing that, that raising of ambition to lower emissions is really key. And I think the other thing is, is yeah, that the voices of the people who are affected by climate change are heard um, and are excluded from those conversations. And that's where, um, yeah, the, the campaigning with Renew Our World feels really exciting to be a part of, that um, hearing those voices and hearing Christians, that, um, that Christians praying and speaking out um, would be something that would be noticed and marked at COP would be 
um yeah would be a huge success yeah thanks julia that's that's really really good yeah um yeah i guess we'll we'll, we'll wrap up our conversation there but yeah just to say to people listening you know we we are going to spend the rest of our year thinking about cop and we're going to spend some time thinking about how do we you know amplify those voices how can we um as campaigners in malawi and nigeria and brazil and and various different places where in your world work um yeah we want to make sure that you know those voices and, and your voices uh, those who are listening to this podcast and um campaigning with renewal world you know we've got a we've got a big big year ahead of us and a big job to to raise that sort of voice of faith uh into the into the ears of the policymakers and yeah well i'm excited about that i think i think the holy spirit is excited about that in in uh in preparing the way and, and bringing all that together so yeah we're let's um that's a, it's an exciting an exciting year ahead i think for for new world um so yeah just yeah just to reiterate thank you so much julia for joining us today and uh, if you're listening to this podcast you can you can find um on our website you'll find an interview with julia as well uh, with sarah parkinson one of our colleagues based in australia and they had a chat about cop as well and and going into some more meat about why why cop was important coming up and um, so please do check out that blog on the website as well and yeah keep your eyes on our social media and on your inboxes from from emails coming from us shortly and soon very soon we'll, we'll hopefully um have some 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 really cool um actions that you can take in terms of uh yeah taking action in relation to to cop this year and uh, having those voices heard uh, by the by the policymakers. so yeah thanks for listening guys and uh welcome welcome again to to series two i'm looking forward to the rest of this series see you later bye-bye well, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Renew Our World podcast. To learn more about the Renew Our World campaign or to hear about some of the work that our partners are doing, make sure you jump on over to our website at renewourworld.net. And if you like what you heard today, make sure you hit subscribe so you never miss a podcast episode again. Mm-hmm.